You're now listening to the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast. Welcome to episode 131 of the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast, brought to you by Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Patreon page. Get over to patreon.com slash garage guys right now. Check out the best bets, DFS rankings, and blog posts from me and the homie Drew Dean, aka DFS Guru Drew, aka hashtag new nickname Garage Boy Drew. Got got all the goods for you over there. Patreon.com slash garage guys. Do it now. Become an official garage fam member by choosing a subscription, choosing a tier. We've got you covered. How do you like your your new almost nickname? You're speaking it in, into existence, and I'm not sure I'm a fan of it, but hey, I mean, what can you do, right? Garage. This is what we do to each other. That's so. it. This every every week, every week, week to week, we just sit here and we just cook up new nicknames possible rap names, possible life names. That's life spelled L-Y-F-E just because. So B-O-I, Garage Boy. Thanks for clarifying. You're very welcome. Yeah, we have our own Merriam-Webster's Dictionary here, Garage Guys Fantasy Sports. But yeah, you can, uh, you can do that and, uh, and you, can, you can be like us and you can have your own Merriam-Webster's if you go to patreon.com slash garage guys. You can do a lot of things. You can, you can literally just imagine anything you want to imagine and just say that you're doing it, and then you'll be doing it. And that's another cool uh, perk of being a garage guy and being a garage fam member. But we have a lot, we have a lot to talk about uh, on this episode. As you all know, we're in what I like to call limbo week. There is no football until the Super Bowl. And then we're going to be in – Yeah, well, what, the what? It doesn't count as football, Pro Bowl. The, the, the what? The rookie bowl. The the bowl, the XFL. Uh oh, like the uh, the the Madden the Madden in real life weekend. Yes. Oh yeah, that's happening in Florida right now. Yeah. So there's there's this thing where like all these NFL players just kind of get together and hang out and just fuck off and and play uh play party. top golf for football and party and um and do other things. It was actually something that I saw online. It was pretty funny. Uh, Drew Brees has been doing a lot of posts with his kids because his kids are there for Pro Bowl weekend. You know, he had uh, I think his oldest son is Braylon, and um, Braylon was holding a, uh, a a Ravens helmet, and he was he tagged Lamar Jackson. It was like Lamar, like you you gotta come and, and meet my kid, and Lamar's like big trust. So I'm sure that he'll get to meet his kid. But there was also a picture where Breeze had all three of his boys and they were all in like the room where they had all the equipment for all the teams. And there's just this random girl in a wheelchair in the background. Have no idea how she got there, but she's just sitting there just patiently waiting for her helmet. Um, and it's, it's like, like low-key hilarious. I don't know if you got to see it or not, but I thought it was very funny. Cause she's just kind of just like hey, You're doing a great job of explaining it. I just haven't seen it. Yeah. You have to check it out. You, you have to see it to believe it, but it's so funny and there's no telling where Drew Brees, little girl is. She's rarely in any of his pictures. So maybe she's out there somewhere, 
But uh, yeah, poor, poor wheelchair girl. I hope she got her helmet um, from the locker room. But yeah, Pro Bowl. It, it is what it is. One of those things. I can't believe so, yeah. we're really through the season. But the good news is, is that uh, we have another sport coming up that we are proficient in, which is uh, AKA a one NASCAR where cars make left turns and go fast. And the most important part of the sport is that if you don't watch the sport, you can still make money off of the sport through sports betting and DFS. And that's where we're going to have you covered. So like we talked about in the beginning of the show, obviously we plug our Patreon page. That's where you can find that content as well coming up for the NASCAR season to get you a little bit more into something new, or maybe you already listened to the show as a uh, NASCAR fan. Could you imagine like the NASCAR listener of this show that has just been like loyally listening every episode waiting for us just to talk about NASCAR? Like just every time he presses play or she presses play, they're just like, they're going to say something about NASCAR this time. And then we never do, but they just keep listening. I just want to give a quick shout to that person. That, that's a real MVP right there. But get ready for the transition. It is coming. And then, of course, when the NFL draft season starts, we're definitely going to be covering that. And then we'll, you know, we're, we're, we're going to have a little area where we get into that NASCAR groove, and then we're, we're going to be balancing it out with the NFL until eventually the NFL just kind of takes over again. And that's just how it rolls. Because at the end of the day, everybody loves football. And there are some people that love NASCAR, but the main goal in the future is to get everybody to love football as much as they love NASCAR that listen to the show. And that's what we're going to be doing. That's the energy that we're bringing and pumping in. So we're going to keep that flowing. But, but yeah, the, the season's coming to a close. Good news is, though, is that we do have a new league coming, the XFL. Uh, it has yet to be determined what we will be doing as far. I'm sure we'll be discussing it a little bit here and there. But it's yet to be determined what we're going to do as far as if, if we're going to go into content yet. And for the listeners out there, if you guys are listening to this right now, if you want us to get some XFL content going, hit us up on Twitter at uh, GGFS Podcast, at Garage Guy Chase, at Drew Dean. Let us know what you want to hear about the XFL. And if you want to hear about the XFL at all, actually, just let us know. But if uh, regardless of what we do here on Garage Guys, I do have some, some breaking news to share. Our good friend, friend of the pod, Danny, a.k.a. Danny Boy, because we are a Danny Boy podcast. Uh, Danny is the owner of Rent From Danny RVs. Great guy. Right now, if you get to rentfromdanny.com, you can go and book you an RV for however long you want to book it for. Go travel, do whatever you want to do. The big ones that are coming up, of course, Talladega. Um, if you guys listen to this or planning on going to Talladega, rent from Danny, use the promo code, get 50 bucks off. That's $50 you'll have for beer money, $50 you'll have to rent scanners to listen to race car drivers cuss repeatedly, which is electric energy. Uh, $50 you'll have to put into DraftKings or FanDuel to play some NASCAR DFS. There's so much you could do with that $50. So you can save 50 bucks now. Garage guys, rent from Danny.com do it getting back to the whole premise of why we're talking about Danny though Danny came to me last week and decided that he was ready to embark on a new challenge he wanted to do something new and he loves the XFL Danny has started his own podcast it is the other league an XFL podcast um, it's hosted by Red Circle will be available on iTunes and Spotify and Stitcher and everywhere that you can find the garage guys, fantasy sports podcast. But the big breaking news is, is that he has asked me to co-host 
So I'm now officially the co-host of this podcast. So if you uh, if you have read if you go to RedCircle.com, you can listen to it, or you can follow at Other League Pod on Twitter, and you'll find the link there. Have Have you got Have your ears got to check out the XFL content that Danny has? Not quite yet, but it's definitely on the to do list. On the to do. So yeah, it's going to be a fun league. Going to be fun to see how things. It just play came out, out, right? Yeah, I'm brand behind, new, right? Brand new. The the episode just dropped on Thursday. It's Friday now that we're that the show is being released. So literally a day before. So you can go check that out. And like I said, it'll be on all the major platforms very soon. So you'll be able to check all that out. But uh, it, he brings an incredible energy and he knows his stuff too. But uh, so it's going to be fun. But the, the, the cool thing that I learned is that the XFL has three years worth of funding. So won't be no AAF shit. We know we at least have three years of the XFL and it's going to be broadcasted on Fox. CBS and ESPN, which is insane. That's pretty big for the players too to get that um, confidence. Three year, three years of funding, they don't have to worry about that scare from the last league, you know. So right, yeah, AAF was awesome. Oof. It was oof. So yeah, lot lots to come for that. We're a big shout out to Danny. But yeah, this episode, um, we got some some really cool stuff to talk about. Obviously, there's not really a lot of football to talk about this week because Pro Bowl is what I forgot what the Pro Bowl even was again. Damn. We're going to discuss the, uh, the the rookie debut of Zion Williamson. Don't know if any of you listeners got to check that out. I know Drew's a big NBA guy, writes NBA articles over at Roto Baller. If you haven't checked those out, you need to. Look, look at me promoing for you. Look at me doing your job. This has, been a, this has been a promo episode just in general so far. Yeah, like nothing but promos. Big, this, is a big, so this is a promo <laughs> podcast. We have our NFC win prediction totals in review. So we're going to be going over those as well. So lots of great stuff to come. Let's go ahead and dive right into the, uh, into what we first spoke about Zion Williamson's rookie debut for the NBA. Much awaited. Well, just the, the energy was different in the Pelicans arena. You could tell just from watching on TV. You know, I, I was watching on TV. If you follow me on Twitter, you automatically saw the energy that I had for the entire game. I think I pretty much almost gave you a heart attack just from reading my tweets. Um, as you were telling me this morning when we were texting, you, you said that you didn't know whether you wanted to unfollow me or follow me 10 times, which I found just incredible. Hopefully you would do the latter. I'm the uh, quality over quantity type guy. I don't put too many tweets out there, but when I do, I don't like to just yell. So you were yeah. just yelling. I just and the lot. And the last thing I knew was like, I'm not really into basketball. And then I see 50 tweets come out. I'm like, what, what happened? I'll tell you what has really got me into basketball. And that, of course, is my recent love relation. Like it's, it hasn't got to the hate part yet, but my love, my love newlywed relationship with sports betting. So now that football's over, I'm just sitting at home and I'm bored on the phone. And I start seeing like, well, I can't bet on football now but I can go bet on basketball. So I'm like looking through it. I'm like, what can I bet on today? And now I'm just betting on basketball games, generating it up, I guess would be a good way to put it. Uh, just sitting here, right way to put it. Just, piss, just pissing away dollars and making dollars. Got, gotten, gotten lucky some, but for, for a person that, that doesn't know as much about the NBA for me to do what I'm doing is probably terrifying to most people, but I guess I'm just one of the, but we're not betting too many games though. No, I'm not like going. It's not like, like you're betting every game. 
No, no, I'm not that deep, but like, you know, I'll definitely get on there and like look at the slate and I'll say, okay, I'm going to bet this game. I like this spread. I like this over, I like this under, whatever. Like I'll just kind of handpick and choose what I like and what I don't like. But obviously I had to have money on the Spurs Pelicans game. Obviously we had our conversation before the game. I knew some people that were at the game and the energy levels of when Zion was in, I actually got to see some video footage um, on Thursday a uh, guy that I know went to the game. He said it was like being at a Saints game. That's how hype it was, which is incredible for the city of New Orleans because we haven't had that, I don't think, ever. Like, I remember when I was a kid when, when there were the Hornets and, like, Chris Paul was drafted, and we would go to one of those games. I never remember it getting that hype, but just watching the video of what happened on Thursday night inside of the Smoothie King Center, never seen that. I am so ready to get my ass to the game and just be there and just experience that energy now. I agree with you on the energy, but I have to give him a shout out to some past times. I think that that energy has existed. It's just been so long that it's been forgotten. Because that, that Chris Paul, Tyson Chandler, David West, Pejo Stoyakovich team, remember that team? Mm-hmm. That team was pretty electric. Dude, I had so, – I, I don't know if it's been shoot. like Zion now. Yeah. No. Yeah. Chris Paul this was is... awesome then. Zion is like this is like the same caliber of like Michael Jordan and LeBron James. So that's that's how this is being viewed by the public and especially by the Pelicans fan base. And that's how I personally am viewing it. You know, this this is a that's too high. Too high. MJ or LJ type player. Well, dude, how can you sit here and say that there that those expectations don't already exist? I don't I'm not saying they don't, I'm saying they shouldn't. Because he's not going to live up to that. Oh, so, so you're, just, so you're a Zion hater? No, 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 no. I don't think that's fair to him to have those expectations. He's not the same type of player. I don't, I don't see it working like that. I'm on record saying that I would have taken John Morant over Zion Williamson. So, oh wow, that's my take. Yeah. Wow. That's that's. It's going to take time. I, but I love Zion and. Again, I'm a huge basketball. Are you a Celtics fan too? So, since you're a Patriots fan, are you a Celtics fan? No, I just think Zion's going to be a project. So, like I said, I can talk basketball all day. I just think his the way his body type is and what it's going to take for him to play wooden NBA seasons. It's going to be a little bit of a project. But if you're a Pelicans fan, you should be excited. There's no reason that he can't be one of the best players in this league. I just don't think he should be compared to LeBron James. So, I want this on record. Are you a Pelicans fan? I root for the Pelicans. Are, but are you a fan? I would say I'm – I root for the Pelicans. I'm not going to say I'm like a huge fan. Are you like a Rob Lowe, I wear the NBA logo on my hat fan? No, I can't tell you who I'm a fan of. So you do you're have a mad. team. Is it the yes, Hawks? You're going to get mad. Is it the Mavericks? Nope. Is, nope. It, is it the Lakers? You already know. I've told you. I can't remember. Are you, a, are you a Grizzlies fan? So, when I was a little kid, I grew up, fell in love with basketball, and watched my favorite team, the Golden State Warriors, when they drafted Monte Ellis from Jackson, Mississippi, at a Lanier High School. Warriors were terrible for years, but they had a really exciting team called the We Believe team. Steven Jackson, Jason Richardson. You probably remember Jason Richardson. Um, several players that were exciting. And then I've followed them ever since. They traded Monte Ellis. They got Steph Curry. I stayed with the Warriors. And now I've experienced the ultimate success between the Warriors and the Patriots. 
So go ahead and call me a bandwagon fan. Go ahead and say it. You're not. You're not but a bandwagon just, fan, obviously, because you were with them when they were low. So that you can't be a bandwagon fan. You're just a Warriors fan. I'm not mad at you for that. Because I'll be honest, like when I was people get mad at me for that. No, dude, you can't be mad at you for that, dude. Because like for a long time, New Orleans didn't have a team. You know, like New Orleans got the the Hornets came what in like the late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah. Be honest with me. Do you know Monte Ellis? He's one of the best players. I have no idea. You know this? No, I have no idea. Um, I hope some of our listeners know. I'm sure. I'm sure they will. I will say this, dating back to my NBA times before we get back on to to the to the Spurs Pels game. um, As a kid, I loved basketball for a little while. But what really got me into basketball was the day I got my first pair of Air Force Ones as a child. Um, nice. I'll, I'll never forget the color of the shoe. I had black, white, and blue Air Force Ones. So you already know where I'm going with this. So because I bought those shoes, I had to say, well, what color basketball team do these shoes match? Obviously the Orlando Magic. And, you know, I didn't get to experience like Shaq with the Magic, but I always love their jerseys and their uniforms. I love the pinstripes. Um, and you automatically know me. I'm a big like Jersey uniform type guy. Like I, as a kid, before I even knew athletes or anything like that, cause like I wasn't really raised in a big sports family. You know, we didn't watch a lot of sports and things like that. So I would just look at what teams I thought looked cool. And I thought the magic looked cool, no matter how bad they would have been. I liked the way they looked. And then I also loved the Seattle supersonics. I love their logo, the S that was just like, kind of like flying. And I dig that. And then I also found out that, you know, they had some awesome players. Well, then I got NBA Jam. And that's when, you know, then Space Jam came out when I was a kid. So obviously, like, you know, I had the Chicago Bulls starter jacket. And I just kind of roll with the MJ train. And, um, and that was my thing. So I was a big Bulls fan as a kid, uh, just following Michael Jordan. And then whenever, you know, I kind of fell off basketball for a little while. But whenever – the Pelican or the Hornets came to New Orleans. Obviously I became a Hornets fan because they were the local team and I just went with my local team no matter what. So I've been with New Orleans for the longest time. Um, but nothing wrong with you being a Warriors fan. I, I dig the old Warriors uh, jerseys. Like when Steph Curry yeah. was like first awesome. came out, I love, yeah, I love the color scheme. I wish they would go back to that. I don't, I'm not really a fan of their jerseys now, but uh, RJ. Montgomery, I had two questions for you. Yes. Do you remember slam ball? And do you remember and one street ball, like hot sauce, that guy, do you remember any of that? No, I just, no. I remember NBA street on PlayStation. Okay. <laughs> that's that's gotcha. what I remember. I'm not even going to go into it though. Yeah. And NBA jam. So I have a lot of, NBA... I, I played street ball. Okay. So you played, you played street ball. I did play street ball, but I had to ask you if you had like, heard of slam ball. It was basically trampoline basketball that came on when we were little kids. No, I don't. I don't remember that. I used to get on the trampoline and dunk. I used to do that a lot. That's the closest I think I ever got to that. So, so let's let's just turn this story into you played professional slam ball. I played professional slam ball, but I was a baseball kid my whole life. I just I never watched baseball. I just played baseball. That was it. So start off, Zion comes out, crowd goes wild. I automatically am like just going nuts getting to see him out there, and he doesn't really excite. There's really not much going on. You know, they're, they're pulling, putting them in for about, what, four minutes at a time, pulling them out. And then it's not until, I think, the fourth quarter where we see him absolutely 
just explode. And we see what he's yeah. made of. Uh, he set the, points in three minutes. Yeah, that, that is insanity. He set the rookie record for the Pelicans. I want to say he went four for four on his threes. Uh, he hit a yes. Wendy's four for four um, on the court, which is uh, not, not an easy feat by any means. I don't think he ever hit four threes in a single college game. So that's just bizarre. Yeah. yeah. So uh, do, do you, is that like an all-time NBA stat for a rookie? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure if you looked at four for four for rookies for their debut, like their first game, there's probably some pretty crazy stats. The, the most impressive thing though was that he did it in three. He did a three-minute span. He did all that, all 17 points in a three-minute span. So it was just crazy. What like he hit one three in the first quarter, you know, one three in the second quarter. He just did it all one one spurt. I wish I had like a TI-83 calculator in my brain right now, but like he's got to obviously like with just his stat line from that one game, imagine him playing a full game, what his projected totals would be <laughs> like unreal, yeah. unreal. So right. yeah, we got the real deal right now. I, I'm pretty confident in saying that just after seeing what we saw, definitely, he definitely looked winded though. Um, so he's a little out of shape which is normal, but I think that I said it best earlier. He looked like the jolly green giant that possibly possesses the <laughs> skills of MJ and LJ. So that's a uh, jolly green giant. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible shit. Most impressive thing to me is his vision and his passing for that size. And that's where you're going to get the LeBron comparisons because LeBron's always been just such a good passer. And right. It's just so weird seeing someone in his size. He's so big. He is so big, so uh, physical. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we saw we saw him get a couple of steals. Um, well, we saw him like get a rebound. Like his reach was just—he—he he literally looked like Andre the Giant out there on the court, uh, getting a ball, like just uh, being able to hop over those players like it was nothing. Like he was just Frogger with robot legs. It's just not <laughs> something that you're used to seeing. So I'm just so glad he's in New Orleans. So glad that we're gonna get to see this more often. Um, ready for him not to be limited, ready to see him play an entire game. New Orleans has needed this. I, I'm going to go ahead on the record and say that we are easily an eight seed now with Zion being back. Yeah, I think definitely you got, a, you got a case for it. The Pelicans had one of the toughest schedules out the gate in the first half of the season, and they were starting to trend back towards playing better and playing some weaker opponents. And I think they were on their way for a potential run to the eight seed, so having Zion is only going to help that. They probably could get as high as the seven, and I looked at the standings. I don't think they can get past seven. So we could be headed towards a LeBron James versus Zion first round of the playoffs, which would be pretty cool. Oh, my God, that would be amazing. You, you'll have to get your ass down in Ola for, for that, man. Yeah, that'd be an awesome series, even though, you know, you expect the Lakers to win. But thinking about Anthony Davis coming back for a few games, so – yeah, it's, it's going to be electric either way it goes. I would obviously hope that, that Zion and uh, Brandon Ingram and Lonzo could overcome it. One thing I will say, though, I, I saw a lot of people, like as much as I wanted Zion to come back in the game, I know that when he got red hot, they had to pull him. I think that Zion could have easily won that game for them last night. And, of course, I took the money line whenever he was getting red hot. So uh, that, that didn't end up too well for me. But I'm sure I wasn't the only one in that. I know there's probably a lot of people out there that had the Pelicans money line just because of the debut, a lot of hype around the game. But, but when, whenever they did pull him, like, it sucked, and I was pissed. And, you know, I came on there. I came, went on Twitter, and I was just, you know, kind of ragging Alvin Gentry. But now that I've had a day to reflect on it, 
you know, I've, I've realized that like, okay, they're just doing the best thing for the team right now. They're trying to play it smart. At the end of the day, yes, the result, the end result you want is winning. You do got to win those games. So you got to do what's best to win. But I think in the next couple of games that they play, you know, he'll start slowly getting more and more playing time. We'll see that happen and it won't be a problem. And I think they could go on a really big stretch to win. But when Brandon Ingram was shooting free throws, the whole entire Smoothie Kings center was just chanting, we want Zion, which sucked because that could have potentially fucked him up. So we have to give respect <laughs> to Brandon Ingram for doing what he's done. Because right now, honestly, that this is Brandon Ingram's team right now. Yeah, it's a mixture of him holiday. But you're right, Ingram has emerged this year. I still tend to think it's Holiday just because he's a better defender and he's the, he's more of the leader. Not because he's been there the longest. Yeah, he's been there the longest too. Ingram's more of a gifted scorer. It just makes me so mad that Ingram can't put on weight. It's like, no matter he's what stick, calories bro. that dude puts in his body, he just does not. He's not. His metabolism is just through the roof. He can't put on weight. Was um, it was it you that sent that tweet or did somebody else send that tweet? Because there was the tweet where it was just like somebody had said like calories uh, going into his metabolism, and it was just like these like there's like eight guys jumping this one dude. <laughs> like it was hilarious, dude. Like it was one of yeah. the best tips that I saw of the night because it is so true. He gets like, ragged on all the time. Yeah, he's yeah. a he's he's a twig. That's bro. a frequent but, joke. Yeah, but it's it's all good. Um, he, he's still doing what he needs to do. If he had a little bit more weight, though, it would be insane. Maybe we should get him some NO Explode, like from 2007. We should go find the black market yeah. shit for him. They definitely need, and I don't know if you caught this or if you're more enough of a basketball guy to to, to understand this piece of it, but I wanted, I want the Pelicans to really use him as the only big man on the floor, putting him at the center in position, because that's when they were most effective. When they had favors out there with him, it didn't work very well. So I'm I'm hoping they surround Zion with all with Reddick, Ingram, Lonzo, and Holiday. That's what love I JJ. Dude, I actually found out about JJ Reddick through playing DFS when he played for the Sixers. I would throw him into my lineups a few times, and he would always deliver for me. So uh, that's you how didn't I know came. about him in college. No, I did not. I came to know about JJ Reddick uh, two years ago. That's insane, and he's like one of the most hated Duke basketball players. If you like Duke basketball, you obviously love him. And he was one of the great Duke white basketball players that they seemed to always get. And um, he quickly became one of the most hated by everybody else. Because you know how Duke is. You either hate him or you love him. So he was a huge um, college basketball um, phenom prospect before. Yeah, phenom before coming to the NBA. And he just kind of sat on the bench for a few years and ended up being a really solid pro. I mean, he's been real solid for several years now. But he kind of disappeared for couple years you remember jimmer for debt yeah for byu yeah. yeah old jimmer i just remember uh the chance that would go down in the smoothie king center with uh whenever he played just like jimmer 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 make the make the hoop shimmer like they would literally like throw raps out like that but then he never really could successfully make the hoop shimmer because he wasn't good and uh that's why he's not there anymore so, J.J. Reddick, just to give you the fright, he had a very similar college to Jimmer Fredette. Same player. Just yeah. Fredette, yeah, that's what I I'm mean, saying. They remind Jimmer me Jimmer of didn't like work out, player. I was sad. I was sad when Jimmer didn't work out. Yeah, he was just one of those I guys. He was gonna be good. good in college, not good in the pros. It happens. He was with the Pelicans, and he went to the Bulls, and then he came back to the Pelicans, but then he was gone, like, in the blink of an eye. That's all I remember. Yeah, he, he made several teams. 
he did go play in the China League and averaged like 40 points a game, so that was crazy. But he never Jimmer, Jimmer, that. Jimmer, make the hoop shimmer. I'll never forget that. That would be pretty frustrating, man. What if you could go to China and average 40 points a game but then couldn't make the NBA? I mean, it's got to be kind of frustrating. But It just kind of shows you the caliber of – Shows you the caliber of players in China. <laughs> like, I guess maybe maybe the court's different. Maybe maybe they uh maybe instead of a hoop, it's like a triangle, and you have to like play puzzle games. And maybe he's really good at puzzles. Who knows? I never watched Is China. Jimmer for that a cheater in China. It's possible. They're telling what kind of rules you could get away with in China and cheat. So I'm just gonna go ahead and say that he's getting away with something. Maybe he's got. Some cameras in his jersey, like the Astros. And yeah, cheating, so I don't know. Maybe he had this this the secret stuff from Space Jam, and but instead of it actually being water, it was actually a combination of four loco and Inno explode, and that was the key. Inno explode, black market. Yeah, well, in China you can get that shit like you know at the convenience store. I'm pretty sure they sell it there, like right next to the cocaine. <laughs> and, um, and, and, and you can also, you can also get like, you know, like HGH and everything else. Like you can pull up at the gas station. Oh yeah. You want anything? Yeah. Give me a bag of Lay's, some HGH, some Coke and a uh, four loco from 2006. It's like, all right, bet. And then you go play a basketball game. That's, that's what Jimmy Fredette did. So I'm going to leave it at that. That's how Jimmy Fredette got 40 points a game. Write it down, book it, take it to the bank. But yeah, scoop them up, pedals. How do we get here? Uh, NFC win prediction totals. We did an episode at the beginning of the season. Me and Drew both went through the NFC and the AFC. On this episode, we're going to be recapping our NFC win prediction totals. I went back, I did some research. Those of y'all listening, basically what we're going to be doing here is just talking about whether we took the over or the under on the win prediction and uh, the win total. And we, we have the, the number set here. We're going to go over this. We're going to see how we did. We I'm like going two. in blind to this. I just want to get yes. my natural reactions. I actually want to try to – when you tell me the over or under, I want to guess what I guessed and see if I can get it right or if I have a terrible memory. I'm excited about this. Okay. So we're going to start out first. Let's go with the NFC East, the best uh, conference in football, of all football. Best, there's no better conference than the NFC East. Dallas Cowboys, uh, the, the 2019 win total was nine. Uh, we both took the over on that. We were wrong. By one game. That is correct, yes. We were, we were fooled by a fraudulent team. And just there was so much bullshit that went down on that team with the coaching staff, with the Jason Garrett shit this year. I can remember thinking back in the beginning of the season, you know, they had over 10 wins in 2018. I really thought that they were going to head back to, you know, the playoffs this year. And it's just, it just, after those first three games, man, it just went to shit. There's nothing really else yep. more that I can say about it. Um, they just got a lot of work, work to do. New coach Mike McCarthy coming in. Hopefully they can get some shit right, but I don't really see it happening. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. As much as a disaster it was, we're only off by one game. So, you know, in hindsight, I don't think I'm looking back. I think I would have taken over. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would have too. The, yeah, the time, the talent on this team is good enough to get nine wins and at least get you a push there. So, I don't uh, think that we were the only ones that were wrong on that either. So, right. I'm, I'm fully confident. Um, with with our pick that we took at the beginning of the season, you know, it just it didn't work. Uh, they had 
a lot of issues. So that's that. Philadelphia Eagles. This was our first correcto mundo pick. Uh, win total was 10.5. We both took the under on that. So congratulations for our, for our double victory right there. Both taking the under at 10.5 for this. And I remember fully why I took that, which is because I did not believe in Carson Wentz's ability. But it turned out that it's just because their whole entire wide receiver team got into a horrible bus crash and just all died at one time. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah, I remember that exact conversation we had. We agreed on the under. We didn't really believe in Wentz to win over 10 games. And we even, I think, if I remember correctly, we looked up Carson Wentz's odds to win the MVP, and we were, like, blown away that he was, like, number three on the list. We just couldn't believe it. So, yeah, make we were it. in agreement there. Yeah, so they, they finished the uh, the season nine and seven. Best uh, best team in the in the best conference in the NFL. The number one conference in all of football. Congratulations, nine and seven. Uh, Washington Redskins, another dub for us. We took the under. Uh, the win total was six and a half. Congratulations. They went three and 13. That was a somewhat of an easy one. There's no way I was taking that over. Yeah, very easy. Just Keenum. And then I, I was under the impression that Haskins was going to take over in the beginning of the season. I was fully convinced. And I remember looking back now that I was fully convinced they were going to let Haskins roll. Uh, but obviously, uh, you know, that, that wasn't the case. No pun intended. Um, Case took over and uh, got out there. Terry McLaurin, though, was an amazing talent that emerged in Washington this season. Cannot wait to see what he does next year. Other than that, man, I would love to see Jeremy Sprinkle get good and become a big part of this team just because he's a tight end, for one, and his last name is Sprinkle. What more can you ask for? And this is your breakout team of all the new coaches. Remember, I asked you who you think has the best chance to turn it around quickly, and you went with uh, Riverboat Ron. So. Yeah, so we'll see how that plays out next season. So pretty excited to do that and, and ready to see what he can bring and, and all the energy that him and Blackjack Del Rio can, uh, can just push on to this, this young team. Case Keenum actually came out, I think it was on Thursday, and said that he probably wasn't going to be coming back, that it was Haskins' team. So. Not it's kind of an obvious thing at this point, so just something to note. New York Giants, this is where we start getting wobbly. My ballsiness took the over at six. They went four and twelve. Greater heads prevailed. You took the under, as I probably should have. And looking back on this pick for me, I would have taken the under at this point. Just because obviously I would have, but now that I would, I remember back when I made the pick, you know, I was just thinking that some miracle was going to happen. And, you know, one of these receivers were just going to turn into this uh, incredible savior. I think that I was just very confused when I made this pick. These are hard to, to win. They're very smart people that are setting these lines. So these are, you know, six wins might seem like it was an easy under, but. Next year, we might be in the same situation, and the Giants might win eight games. So, yep. I just realized that all that three of these four teams are going with new new coaches next year. I, I guess I already knew that, but just hearing you name off the entire four teams in a row there, it's going to be a lot of change. Yeah, so NFC East might be good. Who knows? 
Probably not, but we'll see. But yeah, there's a lot of movement in the East. Got to be feeling good if you're Doug Peterson. Yeah, and probably not good if you're a Giants fan, knowing that Jason Garrett is your OC. <laughs> so congratulations, guys, to another year of shitty football. NFC South, Atlanta Falcons. I love this one the most. So this is your first L that you took. Um, win total was set at eight and a half. I took the under, and I won this one. They finished seven and nine. You took the over on this one, and you had every right to. Uh, but I remember that you encouraged me to take the under because I was a Saints fan. So I was going to take the over at first thinking that, you know, well, the Falcons could probably get nine wins. It's highly, you know, logical. But then you convince me that you're a Saints fan. How in the hell can you do that? And I'm like, you know what, you're right. I'm going to take the under. So I wanted to take this moment to thank you for allowing me to – to get my first victory over you with the over-unders. Good job. I'll take, credit where, I'll take credit where I can get it. And if my memory serves me correct, I think I went over like on every team in this division. You did. With the, <laughs> with the, hopes, with the hopes of going three out of four. I thought this was going to be the best division in football. Yeah, you so. said that you would probably be wrong on the Panthers and the Bucks. That's the two that you said that you were probably going to be wrong on. But, uh, yeah, with the Falcons itself, just just a mess. So, I don't really see how they can get much better going into next year with Dan Quinn. Um, if Dan Quinn loses three games next season consecutively, I could see Arthur Blank pulling the plug, like, right then and there. Um, yeah, he's on his last chance for sure. I still yeah. think this roster is pretty talented. It's not a – it's an execution problem. It's not a, a roster problem, I don't think. I mean, there's some, there's some obvious holes in the roster. But there are teams that um, have less talent that perform better than the, the Falcons. Next team, this is one that I was very confident on, and it played out well for me. Carolina Panthers, the win total was set at eight. I took the under. You took the over. Panthers finished the season 5-11. and 11. All I can say is I told you so. I knew for a fact that there was no way that this team was going to get over eight wins. People get blindsided by Christian McCaffrey and – I think that that's the main reason why people would probably want to take that over. But you have to remember that McCaffrey is a great running back. He's a great fantasy player. He's always going to get you really high production. But the team itself, just I I had this feeling that the Panthers were not going to be the worst team in the division. And it, it played out that way. They, they have, you know, everything they need with the running back position. They've got a good receiver that's an emerging receiver coming up in DJ Moore. Um, I had high hopes for Curtis Samuel, but with even with Cam Newton playing, I still was like, there's no way this team's going to get over eight wins. And then when Cam dropped out, that was just a solidification for me, knowing that, okay, this is, there's no way this is going to happen at this point. I think this is one of my worst, one of my worst picks of the whole thing, for sure, but uh, I would have liked to have seen Cam play the entire season without a much better chance. It's really hard in the NFL to win with inconsistent QB play, and that's that's kind of what Cam is, I know, but he offers a little bit more upside. We'll be interested to see what the Panthers are doing next with possibly Cam moving on and new coaches and just an interesting transition phase, but you're right. I had a poor take on this one, and I was up to it. Yeah, it's going to be exciting for sure with Joe Brady, Matt Rule. Um really more excited for Joe Brady being there 
uh, as their OC. So um, all the rumors are already spinning that they're going to try to get Joe Burrow. Obviously, we knew that, but don't really see that happen. And don't don't hold your breath, Carolina. Um, New Orleans Saints. We both took the over on this win total was at 10, 13, and three. What more can you say? This was a pretty predictable one. Pretty easy. We did make the take that it was either going to be the Rams or the Saints that had the bad year. And uh, well, we're not quite there with the Rams yet, but uh, Saints did very well. I don't really think there's a whole lot. I, I know I don't have a really a whole lot to say about this. It was just kind of one of those for, – for me, this was just a gimme. Um, yeah. In my opinion. The only thing I'll say is sometimes when you see something like this that feels like a gimme, there's a reason why the line's set like that. I'm not saying it – I mean, there's just a reason why these guys are setting these lines at 10. And sometimes the most obvious ones are the ones that burn you. But to me, this was pretty straightforward, like you just saying. It's not like a bunch of idiots are putting together a, a win total of 10. Um, it's just rare that you see teams sustain regular season success. And if the Saints do it again next year, like I guarantee you we'll be talking about this. Saints will have a win total of 10.5 or 11 next year, and it's going to be the same conversation. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers' win total was set at 6.5. Finished the season seven and nine. We both took the over on that. So victory for winner, us. Winner. They skidded by. They most definitely skidded by by the skin on their, their chin chin chins. Um with kind of like Jameis Winston's career. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um if you if you got to see the video of him talking about uh I'm the best there is, you know, I just got to stop throwing some interceptions. <laughs> That's just the way he puts it. Uh, and I fully thought that this team was going to probably at least get nine wins just from all the hype that Jameis had coming up in the beginning of the season, like in fantasy. But um, That's a bit aggressive. Yeah, it was. I mean, I just, with Bruce Arians, anytime Bruce Arians is in the building, you got to be aggressive. I mean, the man drank paint as a child. So you have to remember that. Did he really? He drank paint as a child. Oh, I knew that. I knew that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That was a that was a report moment there. that came out. So yeah, anytime you got a coach that used to drink paint, you got to just automatically assume that that they're they're going to go balls to the wall. Um, but yeah, in a, NFC South. Uh, that's I think that's where you had some of your worst luck. But uh, fear not, that all ends here in this next division where I absolutely shit the bed. Um, <laughs> Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> Uh, the, did I go two and two last last division? Real quick. Yes. What did I do? Yeah, you went you went two okay. and two. So you went two and two okay. in the uh, so so far two and two in the NFC South for you, and I went four for four. I hit a Wendy's hit a Wendy's four for four in the NFC South. Just like that. In the NFC East, you went three and one, and I went two and two. Okay, so Arizona Cardinals getting into the NFC West. Win total set at five and a half. I took the over. You took the under. Season in reflection, five and ten. So missed it by a half for me and uh, should have been smarter to take the under. I just really bought into the uh, the, the Kyler Murray hype. Thought that Larry was going to have a uh, way better season than he did, but they uh, obviously they, they – they definitely had a little bit of a of an improvement from the year before. Can say that. Definitely, things seem to be turning in the right direction. I think 
we both thought things could go downhill really quick once the season started. I know your take was over, but uh, man, I feel like I gave Cliff Kingsbury uh, a raw deal with my take. Kind of deserves some little bit of credit between him and Kyler. I think they're on the up and up. Yeah, you still hit though. That's all that matters. <laughs> you still hit. This um, is true. I, I was close. I was very close. Uh, they they did have a tie, and I want to just say that. So that one tie, if they would have just pulled through on that one, we there would be a whole other story. I'd I'd be the one here, getting the glory, because that was a that was a big one. That was another big big ballsy uh, swing for the fence that I took. Los Angeles Rams. We both failed on this one. We took the over, win total at ten. Team went nine and seven. It was close, another close one, but no cigar. Um, and this I goes back. I remember my spill on this. Yes, yeah. we. You were. You're basically saying that that it was weird how the line was set. I remember you kind of mentioning that with the Rams, and it kind of made you a little weary. Um, but you went with the over anyway, and I, I personally thought that they were gonna, you know be back and do what they do best, but it just didn't turn out that way. They were the team that we talked about. It was either going to be the Saints or the Rams that were just – one of them was going to not do near what they did, and, and the Rams were the ones that took it, thank God. Big big prayers for that one. We appreciate it. Anytime the Rams don't make the postseason, I'm a happy guy. Um, yeah, I remember the struggle on this one just because – you look at that team, and me and you are like, how can you not think this team gets to gets gets ten games, at least ten games? Right. It's crazy how it works. The next one's even crazier, because I thought that I made the right move, and I thought you were an idiot, um, and I don't think I'm alone in this one. San Francisco 49ers win total was eight and a half. I took the under, you took the over, and thirteen and three. San Francisco 49ers. How'd you do it? Do you get bonus points for that? You get bonus points for that. Because I that – I, I mean, that, that's crazy. Do you get those extra wins? Though? Like, if you win – I'm just making up a fake rule. I'm just saying. If you place the bet, you should get extra money for that. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, you uh, – you, you, you have, what, plus 100s with the uh, – plus 100 was the odds on the over. Um, so – yeah, you should. You should definitely get bonus points. But man, it was what? What was it that just made you want to take that? I just, you know, I think I, I've said this on previous podcasts, but I've watched a lot of football and I've seen Kyle Shanahan take in the in the previous year, the twenty eighteen season. I can't remember the record. I think they had like four wins, and yeah. um, I just saw a roster that was full of a lot of borderline NFL players. And they were banged up with injuries. Had a lot of potential, but just decimated with injuries and never really could get over the hump. But I saw them competing with really, really good teams and winning four games. Just really, honestly, just a huge believer in Kyle Shanahan, a believer in a lot of their young talent. So that's why I took that over. I probably, I'm not going to lie and say that I predicted them to be the Super Bowl, but I definitely thought they were a prime candidate for a surprise team. So they've, they've definitely been that. Big congrats to you on that. And, yes, and, and through this year, I have become a Shanahan boy as well and a, and a, and a Shanahan believer. So I, uh, I join you in hand-in-hand with that and uh, apologize to the San Francisco 49ers and their fan base for taking the under at eight and a half on that. Actually, I don't apologize because that seemed like a very logical bet at the time. <laughs> so, you got to stick to your guns. 
Yes, got to stick to it. All right. So yeah, in that uh, in that division, uh, last last team we have Seattle Seahawks. Another victory for me. The uh, the win total was eight and a half. I took the over. You took the under. Finished eleven and three. I, I talked about the reason I took the over is everybody was so low on Russell, and I was just like, this is Russell Wilson we're talking about. I understand that things don't look that great. Things don't look great on paper. You can see this team having a downfall. Don't buy into that bullshit. This is still the Seattle Seahawks. This is still Pete Carroll. We're talking about the best gum chewer uh, in all of the NFL. You can't knock a good man when when he's down. And he was down because the whole entire uh, media was down on him. I wasn't going to be down on him. So I took that over, and, and now we're here. So shame on you for taking the under on the Seahawks. I'm pretty sure mine was nothing to do with Russ and more to do with I had some serious concerns about the defense. But I can't remember for sure. It's a long time ago. I just don't think I would ever doubt Russell Wilson. You probably also also didn't see him getting Jadavian Clowney as well. True. This felt like a weird line to me. And the quality of the roster was just really bad, in my opinion. But I guess if you have Russell Wilson, it doesn't really matter. That's it. That's what matters at the end of the day. So in this, uh, that was the only uh, one that I got correct in the uh, NFC West. I went one and three. Uh, you went two and two. So let's finish out with the NFC North, starting with the Chicago Bears. This is one that we both went to Poo Poo Town. We were a little shook. The win total was set at nine for the Bears. They went eight and eight. They came close, but we still lost. Both of us took the over. And I think this was just a lot of us being kind of fooled by what we saw the year before. A lot of Montgomery hype for me. I was so heavy on that offense, just thinking that it was just going to be a powerhouse. And it did not turn out that way. And the defense kind of took a step back this season too, which I did not see happening. The main thing that you said was Vic Fangio being gone was a huge deal. And I think that that proved to be correct. So why did you take the over with me? (laughs) That's the question. So you're benefiting, I think, unless you have a really impressive memory, because I've, I've remembered some of this stuff, but you obviously listened to this recently, right? So yes, yes, I did. You heard, you heard some of the takes. Um, I'm pretty sure we discussed, and you can confirm this, that this was kind of just like a line and it seemed like a trap and nine just seemed low. But we both had concerns about it being a trap, and we we kind of took the debate and went over. I just thought at the end of the day that they could get to that nine ten win mark, and it's crazy that they finished eight and eight. Doesn't it feel like they had six wins just with how down everybody was and how critical everybody was of this team? Only yeah. finished one game under their their win total. So yeah, I mean they almost made it. So I mean you can't can't be too mad at us, I guess, but. Still, it's just they were not the team that I thought they were going to be. I thought they were going to be able to make another playoff run, man. Me too. Here's one that we uh, we were spot on with, and I'm pretty sure everyone else in America was as well. Detroit Lions, the win total was set at seven, and we both took the under on that, and we cashed. Uh, they went three and 12. That was a pretty easy one. Even though we didn't see Matt Stafford getting ruled out, still didn't even matter. They just did not have a good season whatsoever. There was a point in time where me and you were very high on the Lions. I think they started out decent. And when did their two wins come? I want to say they had two wins early in the year. 
and they were looking a little better. Yeah, the wins were early. I can't remember exactly where they won, um, but I want to say they were all early on, and then from there it just kind of plummeted. Um, right. And they had a couple of games where they were very close. I, I think I remember, like, there was an overtime game where it was, like, up getting close. Into, they were in the mid-30s, and then they lost by a field goal. I can't remember exactly what game it was. It was This is a lot of games we watch uh, this season, a lot of red zoning we pretty much just knew right off the bat that there was no way that they were going to get seven wins this season. Yeah, I, I will say, I think I'm going to be on the over next year. Just throwing that out there. We'll sneak peek. I think the Lions are going to bounce back. It's finally, the drought is going to end. It's been a long, long drought. I don't even know when the last time we were good, but I think Matt Patricia is going to do some things in year three of this stint. Mm, going to be nice to see. All right. But so you're right. It's always a safe bet to go against the Lions. If you ever just don't know anything about sports or about the roster and just see the Lions name come across the screen, just say under. Right. When in doubt, take the under on the Lions. Green Bay Packers, this is one that I love. You had no faith whatsoever. Um, The win total was set at nine. I took the over. You took the under. And now that I look back on it, uh, I probably – did this by the skin of my teeth because they even have the the take that they are the worst 13 and three team ever to exist. Um, So your takes probably were validated by you not really being a believer in beat it LaFleur. But yeah, I took the over on it anyway, man, just because I I held my belief that Aaron Rodgers is going to be the one leading the running the show, leading the pack, no pun intended. And, uh, and yeah, cashed, cashed in on this one. How are you feeling for taking the under on that? And would you do anything different if you could go back now? Probably not, just because I was so against the hire, honestly. And the Packers just had been a bit of a mess in, in recent memory. Um, obviously, now that I've seen the season play out, even though the 13-3 and take is out there, that they're one of the worst 13-3 and teams, that still doesn't mean that they weren't qualified to win at least 10, 11 games. So. I was, you know, in the wrong on that take. Just I can't see myself going against it if I could go back. I just I think I Aaron Rodgers, which is a great. I mean, yeah. these, are, these are two prime examples of sometimes a simple view is best with Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, where you just said, "Hey, like, I believe these quarterbacks are going to get the job done." Sometimes that's that's, that's what that's all it is, and I think that's the only reason why I did take the over there, a hundred percent. So. Good job, Green Bay. Thank you for floating me. Uh, last team we'll cover, Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I took the under. You took the over. Win total was set at nine. They finished 10-6. and six. You capitalized on that one by taking the over. And I will say, uh, looking back now, that was a very stupid choice of me because I was just so, like, down on Dalvin Cook and just so just – I don't know, adamant that there was no way in hell that that he was going to be what everyone thought he was going to be. And boy, was I wrong. I was just wrong in general about this Vikings team. And I think that maybe that's the reason. Here's me being self a, a selfish thought boy. Maybe that's the reason the Vikings beat the Saints in the playoffs because I was just so against the Vikings early on in the season. Maybe, maybe yeah. in a world where I, where I live inside of my own brain and that everything around me is is in my head like one of those crazy people that think that maybe that's why they beat the saints 
Maybe you said, maybe you just figured out the mystery all these, all these weeks later. Little did you know that this was going to be the podcast that caused the Saints to lose the one that we did right before the season. Oof. If that really was true, man, I would be so like, I feel like I'd be crucified in the Superdome. There's always somebody that's going to be, they'll be more mad at like the refs. So just remember that you might be, you might be public enemy number one for one day, but then somebody will be, will take the crown and then you won't be anymore. But don't worry. Yeah, I guess you're right. I, I can't be too hard on myself, but obviously you just had a good feeling about this at nine. You you knew that they were going to be able to get there. I mean, they, they did get, it was one game over. Um, did you, did you, think it was going to just be that close or did you think that they were going to, you know, be, uh, they were going to get more wins than they did? I remember thinking this was a really tough line, so I don't blame you for going under. I mean, I, I figured they'd finish between eight to 10 wins. thought they were above average team, solid defense. They're just a solid team all around, but not very sexy. That's the best way I can put it. Like Kirk Cousins, you know, like, do you really get excited about Kirk Cousins these days? Not really. Not, not many Van guys. <laughs> not many Van guys. I knew that was coming. But no, I wasn't. I wasn't against Dalvin Cook by any means. It just was more of a, hey, it, I was a, a gut feel for me. So I took a took a page out of Chase's book, and I probably was right at nine wins on them. And said, do I want to go over or under? And ended up going over. So maybe a little lucky. So in review, for the NFC. We both went nine and seven on our bets. And that is the cold, hard, factual count that was just made by my eyeballs on this Excel sheet. Nine and seven for me and you both. We are victorious for the NFC, Drew. Time to celebrate. Wrap it up. Let's do it. Wrap it up. Celebrate it. It's a little celebration clap. So if you listen to my clap. I heard it, and it was a beautiful okay. clap, and it it stung my ears just ever so lightly, to where it gave That's me tingles point. all through my body. So yeah, so if you listen to us, if you listen to our win totals, you took them, you went nine and seven. So congrats, celebrate with us! And uh, next week we're going to be covering our AFC win totals and review, and I don't think that one's going to be as pleasant. For me, at least. I haven't really listened to it all. But I will go ahead and turn this over to you and let you be the, uh, the Excel sheet leader of the AFC uh, review podcast for our win totals. Do you accept? I accept the responsibility. And then we also have, um, I have two things to say. So first, I kind of like this, not only from the revisit, revisiting the wins and losses, but also as like a good way to recap some of these teams. Just thoughts and season like season overview you know how it went it so it's kind of good to go down that memory lane you know i it enjoyed is, man. that um and the second thing is i accept the afc challenge and third thing we have the um record keeping of our takes throughout the season that we have about 13 weeks of our data done it's here to one of our listeners it's yeah. done we got it's not done, but we have most of it. Ooh, that's going to be juicy. And that's going to be wild. Yeah, yeah. that's going to be wild. Because if you guys know, I, I made some very wild takes throughout this season. I have, a, I have a feeling that you are going to blow me out of the water with your takes. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. Because now looking back at some of the shit, just thinking back to some of the things that I said and some of the takes that I had, 
just like out of just sheer, just like trying to just think on the fly of like how I think that could play out. It probably was not good <laughs> like at all. <laughs> I mean, there's definitely going to be cases where that's true, but also people are going to have to realize and people are smart enough to understand that if you're going to take a bold take of so-and-so is going to throw four interceptions, like the chances of that actually happening are slim, you know, like, Certain takes, right. you have to wait heavier than others, right? If it's something that's like, hey, who's going to win this game is different than, oh, so-and-so is going to get four sacks. Right. So that's like the, di- the different disclaimer. We should get a disclaimer like uh, like they have on uh, NFL game day morning where they say for entertainment purposes only. That's what they should there do. You go. So we're going to get our own disclaimer. So you're gonna, we're, we're going to basically just like – it's like all the disclaimers. Just go ahead and go back. And I think the only person that was affected by that was probably Jeff. So the results speak for themselves. Yes, definitely. All right, guys, been episode 131. We'll see you again for episode 132. Sports, party, Uh, You niggas gonna end up in a hurry. You niggas gonna end up in a dirt. I'm a star, four and little whipping, I'm whipping this car. I might just park in the yard. Catch the eyes like and I'll rip them apart. Fuck it, I got no heart. Show no emotions, I live in the dark. I don't know why, but that bitch left me scarred. I don't know why you just ain't play your part. Now you focus on wishing me hard. Fuck it, right the bare arms. I keep that stick on me arms. Under the enemy arms. I cannot fold under enemy arms. Under the enemy arms. Under the enemy arms. You niggas go end up in a hurry. You niggas gonna end up in a dirt Different yeah. trenches had to make it worse And these four niggas just gonna make it worse Worse Four I'm in this bitch with the gang I'm in this bitch with the gang I'm in this bitch with the gang Party we gon' let it bang Chopper we gon' let it bang Go in your brain inside Chopper we gon' let it bang Go in your brain inside Four I'm in this bitch with the gang, I'm in this bitch with the gang, ayy I'm in this bitch with the gang, Freddy we gon' let it bang Trouble we gon' let it bang, go in your brain inside Trouble we gon' let it bang, go in your brain inside You niggas gon' end up in a hurry You niggas gon' end up in a dirt Different trenches had to make it worse And these four niggas just gon' make it worse Worse Oh, that's an enemy arms. Oh, that's an enemy arms. Take down the enemy's army. Take down the enemy's army. Oh, that's an enemy's arms. Oh, that's an enemy's arms.